today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God put that in our hearts, and it's, I know this is probably a, a poor illustration, but it's like the magnet will, will draw up the metal. And here, here's the metal of eternity placed in our hearts, and the magnet of heaven. And it's like there's that constant nagging, longing pull, because this is not our home. This is not our final destination. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. This world is not your home. Today, you learn from Pastor J.D. that God has placed eternity in the hearts of mankind. Therefore, you'll always be longing for heaven because you're drawn to what's infinite. As a disciple of Jesus, you have the good news that by through receiving him, you do have the gift of eternal life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God will have the final word. They will give an account. And understanding that settles me. Just knowing that. In fact, you go from almost envying them and coveting, you're jealous of how well things are going for them. They're not even walking with the Lord. How about that? And here I'm walking with the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. And my life is riddled with all kinds of difficulty and trials and pain and suffering and obstacles and adversity. And they, they just go on their merry way. And I hate them. There, I said it. <laughs> and it's like God saying, listen, this, that's, that's it for them. You've heard the saying, it's very apropos, that for the non-Christian, this is the most heaven they will ever know. Let that sink in. And conversely, for the Christian, this is the most hell we'll ever know. And when you understand that, and you have to bring God back into it in order to understand that, you say, oh, okay, I get it now. See, in the end, (laughs) God's going to set it all right. God's going to judge, and His judgments are just and fair. Verse 18, I said in my heart, concerning the condition of the sons of men, God tests them that they may see that they themselves are like animals. Now it's going to get a little bit uh, intense here for just a moment, maybe more than a moment. But what Solomon is saying here is, these men without God are acting like animals. I don't know if you've been following. It's 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 really graphic, but and and heartbreaking. But you know these riots and the deaths that have come as a result uh, in Wisconsin the last three nights, I think it is. And, um, you know, I, uh, those, call them rioter. I mean, they're, they're bait. Now, hear me out. Don't misunderstand me here. They're acting like animals. 
I'm not going to excuse it, but I am going to try to explain it. They've been brought up all their lives told that they come from animals. And you wonder why they're acting like animals? You, 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 you already succeeded in large measure doing what Solomon is trying to do here, not successfully, thankfully by the way, but they already succeeded in large measure removing God from the picture. You were not created in the image of God. You came from an animal, and no wonder you're acting like an animal. Why would we be surprised? So again, you have to understand that, you know, I was, ah, this is hard because there was a video, my son actually showed it to me, and this guy that got shot, and he eventually died, and I, I just, it just hit me that, and I said to my son, I said, that's somebody's son. You know, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Satan has sadly succeeded in getting us to see people as the enemy. So they're the enemy. No, Jesus died for them too. Jesus loves them too. They're not the enemy. They're the opportunity. They're the mission field. That's somebody's son. And, and how do you know that there's not a parent, a mom, a dad maybe, a grandparent that has been praying for that son, that daughter? I look at those young people, and they, they've been reduced to animals. Animals brutally kill each other and devour each other. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're brutally devouring and, and destroying and killing each other, like animals. And that's what Solomon is saying here. And he says, verse 19, for what happens to the sons of men also happens to animals. One thing befalls them as one dies, so dies the other. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals for all is vanity. Of course he's going to say that. Why? Because now he's gone back. Notice there's no mention of God here. It's God is once again out of the picture. And if God is out of the picture, then of course you've got man on the level of an animal. Man was created in the image of God. And this has been Satan's tactic from the beginning of time is to try to sever that being created in the image of God to get us to live on the level of an animal. And would you agree that, again, in large measure, he has been met with success? And we see it in front of us. He goes on in verse 20, he says, All go to one place, all are from the dust, and all return to dust. Who knows the spirit of the sons of man, which goes upward, and the spirit of the animal, which goes down to the earth. He's making no distinction between man and animal. Now here's what's interesting. When God created the animals, the beasts of the field, He said they were good. And animals were given, like man, the breath of life. 
Now, the only difference between animals and man is that animals were not created in the image of God. This brings up, and I, I was inquiring of the Lord about this today. You know what one of the most often asked questions I get is, do my pets go up in the rapture? Oh, you want to know about this? That is actually next to questions like, what is the age of accountability? My children, you know, at what point are they accountable unto the Lord and not, you know, under that age of accountability? And will they go up in the rapture? Boy, I really dug myself into it. Well, look at the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay, let's, let's tackle pets, all right, since we're talking about animals here. So what is the answer? I wish there were a clear verse in First Fleshalonians or something where I could turn to and say, here's the chapter, here's the verse. Yes, your pets will go up in the rapture and be in heaven. That answers the question. There is no such verse. You probably already knew that. So what do you do with a question like that? When you don't know, you fall back on what you do know. And what you do know is, in Genesis, God again created animals, and it was good. He gave them the breath of life. So when you get to the book of Isaiah, there's a couple of references there to the millennium, where the lion will lay down with the lamb. So we know at least there will be animals there. I don't know that any of you have pet lions, but if you do, just know that in the millennium there's going to be lions there, and your uh, um, anyway, I digress. Now, here's another thing we do know in the book of Revelation, that in heaven, in eternity future, there's not going to be any sorrow, no death, no pain, no tears, no more crying. So I got to believe, and I also know that God is a loving heavenly Father. And He would not withhold from us anything that would not be good. If it's good, God's going to give it to us. So it is my belief that it is very possible that on that basis that our pets will be in heaven. Why would God not want to do that? I'm sorry, we have a little dog, half chihuahua, half we don't know. <laughs> His name is Buddy. So I'm just trying to think. This changed my whole perspective, by the way. Actually, I had to answer the question for myself and my daughter and my family. What about Buddy? I don't know. Let me go to the Word and see what we can find here. So here's, here's the thing. I can't imagine God in heaven going, I'm so sorry. Where's Buddy? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Will this do? No, I want Buddy. I don't see that happening. I know that's a silly way to, you know, illustrate and demonstrate it, but he's a loving heavenly father. Why would he, you know, in Romans, again, no specific scripture, but when you hermeneutically, that's scripture interpreting scripture, when you, you know, collectively and hermeneutically understand and interpret the nature of God and the Word of God, what you'll find is, is that in Romans 8, Paul writing to the church in Rome says, if God was not willing to withhold His only begotten Son, who He gave willingly to die for you, is there anything that He will not give you? So in other words, 
That makes sense, right? I mean, so he's going to give me his only begotten son, Jesus, and he's not going to give me Buddy. That doesn't reconcile. Are we good with that? That's the best I got. So with any discussion of animals. Now with children, that's a whole nother topic, maybe for another time. But let me just kind of give you a, a simple and quick answer. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are only held to an account and judged according to the light that's been shown us. By the way, this would be probably a good time to mention that you have children much older that are mentally ill. They are mentally incapable of comprehending the concept of the gospel and the concept of sin. They cannot process that. They don't have the mental capability of processing that. So now here's God who is just and fair and righteous. And uh, he's going to say, man, I'm sorry, it's just the luck of the draw. No way. No way. And the same thing is true with children. I think especially when the mother and the father are born again Christians, there is a grace covering. I'm not saying that absent being born again, they can enter the kingdom of heaven. What I am saying is that God has a special covering of grace on that child. And I suppose you could say it and see it like this, that there's an erring on the side, not that God errs, but there's an erring on the side of an abundance of grace, meaning that God will provide every opportunity for that child in that home, that child of those parents who doubtless are crying out to God, please, my son, my daughter, and God's not going to hear that prayer. God's not going to move His mighty hand on behalf of that parent praying that prayer. I think God is going to create an environment in that child's life that is conducive to them coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in ways that he may not otherwise. Does that make sense? I sure hope so, because I don't know if I could say it that way again. (laughs) So how do we get there from here? Well, Solomon again is looking at the world without God. He's trying to find meaning and purpose in life without God. And in doing that, he has concluded that we're no different than the animals. And verse 22, this last verse, is going to maybe, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's going to fill in the blanks. He says, and listen to this word, so I perceived. Stop right there. Just because you perceive something to be true, does not make it true. That's your perception. This is his perception. And it's wrong because the premise is wrong. (laughs) So, you know how we say, seeing is believing. The opposite is true. It's not seeing is believing. See, he has perceived and as such believed. Why? Because how you see it is how you'll believe it. If you perceive it that way, you'll believe it to be that way. That seeing is believing. But it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. When you believe, then you'll see. Clearly, you will perceive correctly, because you believed first. 
and he gives you eyes to see. Believing is seeing. So, he says, I perceived. How depressing is this? That nothing is better than that man should just rejoice in his own works, for that is his heritage. For who can bring him to see what will happen after him? In other words, things are just going to go as they always have. What's been is and will be again. The sun's going to rise in the morning. It's going to set at the night. It's just a cycle. It's just, it's, it's mundane. It's meaningless. And so I perceive that you might as well just enjoy what you got while you can, because this is as good as it gets. I mean, the animal's like the man and the man's like the animal. I mean, everything is so how do we say it? I'm going to mess it up. I know you'll forgive me in advance. Kapakahi. Did I say it right? Oh my goodness, I actually might have said something right. i got my wife to thank for that. She's always trying to tell me how to say things the correct way. So it's all out of balance. It's all just not right. So what are you going to do? Just might as well enjoy what you got while you can. You know, what's that saying? I'm going to botch this one too, I'm sure, in Jesus' name. Enjoy it now because you die tomorrow. Boy, how, how morose is that? I mean, that's not how it goes, but you get the point, right? It's kind of like, I mean, hey, you only go around, oh, that's it. That's one of them. It goes along the lines of, you only go around once. You heard, oh, did I get that one right again too? Well, I'm not too bad, two for eight, whatever that is. No, it's not. You don't only go around once. You've only got one life to live. No, you don't. What are you talking about? What is the matter with you, Solomon? (laughs) That's what he's saying. You only got one life to live. You only go around once. No, you don't. God did not create you for time. He created you for eternity. That's why you will never find satisfaction this side of eternity by God's design. He created that longing for that which He put in our hearts. It's, can I call it this? It's a sanctified frustration, a sanctified disenchantment. Romans again, the whole creation groans. How do you groan? The whole creation is groaning, longing, decaying. (laughs) This is so frustrating. When, Lord? How long, Lord? See, it makes us long to go home. And is that not what we see? I want to close this way. This is something that's been on my heart. I've uh, shared my heart on uh, a couple of previous occasions chiefly in the prophecy updates concerning what is happening in the world today. And the question I think has to be asked of every man, woman, and child on this earth at this time. And the question is this, this is not your home. Do you want to go home? Yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. Are you ready to go home yet? Yes! I mean, oh my goodness. You know, I was just talking to my wife about this today. I don't know how we came on on the conversation, but 
And again, I mentioned this uh, in a prophecy update a couple, three weeks ago. But, you know, uh, especially now, I guess if you do go outside, uh, what do they do? They, they basically have a drone and then they come and they, what do they do, incarcerate you or break your legs? I don't know what they do if you do that. But so if you go outside and you walk to the beach, I'm just speaking for myself. The sun, is, it's been beautiful, the weather lately, right? Trade winds, perfect, sun, beautiful. Even windward side, it's like, wow, Lord, this is nice. Thank you so much. But that sun just doesn't shine as bright as it once did. You go to Kailua Beach, oh, there were times many years ago now when the sand, especially when the sun would hit it at a certain angle, it was just stunning, just bright. And, and the color of the water because of the sand and the shallow, you know, and especially depending on the tide, just this almost fluorescent teal color. It's like, wow, what a taste of heaven. No wonder they call Hawaii paradise. It's, if, it's, so it's like, wow, God, if, if this is as beautiful as it is, and this is a fallen world, what is heaven going to be like? But that beach doesn't look as beautiful and as stunning as it once did. And I'm just going to be very open with you, and I think you're going to probably be in agreement with me when I say this, but it's, it's just so hard to see people in so much fear, crippled with fear. Man, that's no way to live. Can I say it like this? I think God is making this world so miserable and intolerable, so I want to go home. I want to go home. I have no love loss. I have nothing here. You, you can have the world, as that hymn of old says, just give me Jesus. Or the other classic timeless hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and when you do, the things of earth will grow strangely dim, and the light of His grace, in the light of eternity. See, God God put that in our hearts. And it's, I know this is probably a, a poor illustration, but it's like the magnet will, will draw up the metal. And here, here's the metal of eternity placed in our hearts and the magnet of heaven. And it's like there's that constant nagging, longing pull because this is not our home. This is not our final destination. And that's why the satisfaction in this world, the dissatisfaction of this world, will continue to grow as His return for us in the rapture draws near. And that's a good thing, by the way. Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, a book written by King Solomon. Solomon is known as one of the wisest kings to ever live, but that doesn't mean he always made the wisest choices. In Ecclesiastes, we read the words of Solomon with both hope and warning. We hope because the Lord is faithful in every season, and we read with warning, for tomorrow is not promised. Or as Solomon writes, Life is vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. How will you choose to live your life this year? 
with hope in the Lord or with sorrow in the world. Learn from Solomon and put your hope in the lasting things, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you to continue learning from God's Word. You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Contact under the About tab. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. If you don't currently have a home church, we want to encourage you to find and begin attending a church in your area. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Just check out InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com for more. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Give me truth to